Today I want to invite you to go with me to the Old Testament book of 2nd Chronicles in the 7th chapter. Beginning at verse number 12. And as I read through these verses of scripture, you will notice the repetition of one little word. <coughs> Starting at verse number 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land or if I send pestilence among my people if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And will forgive their sin. And will heal their land. In verse 15. Now mine eyes shall be open. And my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. I want God's eyes to be open. I want God to see me. I want him to, to know what I'm going through. And I want him to hear. I want his ears to be tuned to my cry and my desperate need. And I need God to heal this land and brothers and sisters it's all based it's all based on one word if and so for the next few minutes I want to I want to deliver this message if the biggest little word in the Bible if let's pray together Lord we thank you for this opportunity to stand in your holy presence, to come to the master's table to be fed one more time. Lord, we come hungry. Our ears are open, our hearts are open, our spirits are open to receive from you. Speak, Lord. Direct us, challenge us, change us, but most of all, save us. Let your word move into our heart and take root. And don't let one single person leave this place the same way they came in. Do a work in us, Lord. According to your perfect will, we pray. And let the church say amen. amen. Turn to somebody, look at them and say, If the biggest little word in the Bible. Praise God, you may be seated. <laughs> Hallelujah.
everything that we desire of the Lord and all the promises of God are based on conditions. See, God is a contractual God. He's a God of testaments. Amen. He's a God of agreements. And uh, there are certain things that we are entitled to and certain promises we can hold on to, but it's all based on conditions. If. The word if is a conjunction and introduces a conditional clause. It tells us that on the condition or on the supposition that in the event you do your part, God will do his. For instance, if you desire to be saved, there are certain conditions that must be met. For an example, there is a condition of repentance. Jesus said in Luke chapter 13, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. There's no other alternative. There's no other option. Without repentance, you can't make it to heaven. That's a condition you must make. Repentance is not just a one-time condition either. We need to repent every day. Repentance means to turn around, change direction. Repentance means to, a godly sorrow for your sinful condition. If you desire to make heaven your home, you must meet this condition. There's another one. The condition of baptism. Jesus told us in the gospel of Mark, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It takes more than just believing. It takes more than just confessing with your heart or, or confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. It takes more than that. Jesus said you must not only believe, but you must be baptized in order to be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Those are the conditions. And there's another one. The condition of the Holy Ghost. The Apostle Paul told us in the book of Romans in the 8th chapter, Paul said, you are not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit if the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And you can say all you want to say, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but God's word will never change. If you have not met these conditions, you are not yet ready for eternal life. You say, Brother Easter, what must I do to be saved? That's a good question. You need to repent of your sins. And you must be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Those are the conditions to receive salvation. All of God's promises are based on conditions. They are based on your obedience to meet these conditions. Someone did the research. They probably looked it up, the word if, and found that there are around 1,500 verses in the Bible that contains the word if. 
That's a lot of verses. So that means that word if is a very important word. So what I want to do for the next few minutes is I want to examine some of these verses. But I promise you I won't do all 1,500 of them. Amen. But I will lift up just a few from the Old Testament and the New Testament. First, I want to go to the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, the fourth chapter, the book of Genesis, verse number seven. Here we find where Cain and Abel presented their sacrifice before the Lord. And no doubt about it, Adam and Eve had taught their children how to approach God. Let me tell you something right now. You cannot approach God any old kind of way. Amen. God has a designed way of how we should approach him. Amen. God is not interested in you approaching him your way. We need to be interested in how to approach him his way. And so Cain and Abel had been uh, taught and they had been shown examples of how to properly approach the holy God. And to approach God, to be in his presence, you must bring a blood sacrifice. The Bible says Abel brought the firstling of the flock. He, he, he sacrificed the lamb and he brought that bloody sacrifice before God. And God said, that's good. And he accepted it. Okay, Cain, your turn. Cain was like, well, I don't see why I got to do all that. I can come to God my way. So Cain, being a harvester, a man of the field, he brought his best vegetables. He brought the best lettuce, the best tomatoes, the best cabbage, the best squash. Cain brought his best. But his best is not good enough. Your best is not good enough. You will never be good enough to make heaven on your own. God's not interested in your best as much he's interested in your obedience. Cain brought the fruit of the ground. And in verse number 7, the Lord said to Cain, If, someone say if, if thou doest well, shalt not thou be accepted? If you do what you're supposed to do, don't you know you will get what I promised you to have? If thou doest not well, then guess what? Sin is lying at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. Sin wants to conquer you. Sin wants to corrupt you. Sin wants to destroy you. But you're going to have to rule over sin. Hallelujah. If thou doest not well. Then we go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11, where we find that word if again. Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning at verse number 22. The Lord said, for if, everyone say if. Yeah. Now listen to the words and listen to how God puts this out there. Because I believe every word in the Bible means something. And God means exactly what he says. For if. You shall, what's that word? Say it again. There's a certain way God is looking for you to do this. If you shall diligently keep some of my commandments. 
Huh? If you shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you, command you, not recommend to you, not suggest to you, not like this would be a good idea if you did this. But if you shall diligently, diligently put effort into it, work at it, to keep all these commandments which I command you to do them. God wants you to do them. See, some people look at the Bible as a book of inspiration. It's more than a book of inspiration. It's a book of instruction. God expects you to do what he's telling you to do. What should we do? He said, look at this, look at this. If you would do them, what shall we do? Love the Lord your God. In fact, that's, that's the first and greatest of all commandments. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. How are we supposed to love the Lord your God? With all your heart. Don't be double-hearted. All your mind. Don't be double-minded. All your soul. All your strength. A lot of us not there yet. We might love him a little bit. We might love him a, a quarter tank. But God says the commandment is all, all, all your heart. You need to love God more than you love your husband. Love God more than you love your children. Love God more than you love your wife. Love God more than you love football game. He wants to be number one. And if you're honest, if you're really honest, and you sit here and say, man, I love the Lord, but I don't love him that way, well, then make it a matter of prayer. God, help me to love you the way you want me to love you. Help me to please you the way you want me to please you. Help me to worship you the way you want me to worship you. Don't just sit there and say, well, that's just the way I am. No, you're not going to make it to heaven just the way you are. You've got to be changed, conformed, challenged to be obedient to his word. If you meet the right conditions to walk in all his ways. How are you going to walk in his ways if you don't even read the Bible? You're not even going to know his ways. You know a little bit here and there. You know things you've heard. But God said, no, 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 no. I want you to walk in all my ways. People, we've got to get back in the word. We get to get back in this word of instruction. This book is our lifeline. I'm telling you what, in these end times, we ought to be more people of God in the word than anything else. I find people all over the place, from the east to the west, north and south, churches, small churches, big churches. So many people come to church and everything is based on their emotions, based on how they're feeling. Amen. And not according to what's written in the scripture. There is a famine in the land, the prophet said, in the end time, there will be a famine in the land. Not of food and not of drink, but a famine of the word of God. How is this possible? I don't know. But every time I turn around, I see people coming to church, Holy Ghost filled people, Jesus named people, people whose lives have been changed, coming to church without their Bibles. Oh, it's got quiet. How are you going to walk in his ways when you don't even bring the Bible to church? Amen. I was in a service one time and I said, praise the Lord, let's all stand and get our Bibles. People stood up everywhere. I said, everybody got a Bible, raise your hand. Telephones went up everywhere. Excuse me, that's not a Bible. 
by Brother Easter. I got my Bible on my phone and a hundred other things. Oh, it's going to get sticky in here in a minute. Amen. Your phone is not a substitute for the word of God. And if truth be told, and some of you know I'm telling the truth, when the preacher get up and give his scripture, you go to your phone and you pull the scripture up and you just sitting there reading along, praise God, reading the scripture right along with the preacher. 20 minutes later, you check in your email. 20 minutes later, you're texting your friend on the other side of the church. Come on now. I don't know what happened. But I tell you what, I remember a day when folks wouldn't go out their house without the Bible. They had Bibles in the living room, Bibles in the dining room, Bibles in the bedroom, Bibles in the bathroom, Bibles in the car, Bibles on their job. And they wouldn't dare walk through the house of God without a Bible under their arm. Brothers and sisters, we need to get back to being people of the word. We need to hold that word in our hands, look at it, underline it, make notes in it like we used to do in the old days. Come on. Hallelujah. Don't be determined on technology. Technology can be a blessing and technology can be a curse but don't you let technology get between you and your relationship with the word of God how can you walk in his ways if you don't have a relationship with the word get back to being people of the word hallelujah walk in all his ways and and to cleave unto him to cleave unto him. That means you're so close to God, you become one with God. You got a death grip on the Holy Ghost. Like David said, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. I want to feel your anointing. I want to have your presence with me. I'm cleaving. Where you go, I'm going. Where you go, that's where I'm going. I don't want to be nowhere where God is not. Cleave unto the Holy Ghost now more than ever. If you shall diligently keep all these commandments. Then, the Bible says, then will the Lord drive out <clears throat> all these nations from before you. You shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves if you would learn to love him. Walk in his ways. Cleave unto him. God says, if you would do that, I will drive out depression. I will drive out anxiety. I will drive out doubt. I will drive out fear. I will drive out the works of the flesh. I will drive out all your inhibitions. I will drive out all your hindrances. Oh, hallelujah. And you will possess, you will possess the great things that God has for you. If, if, hallelujah, gospel in the book of Isaiah. Oh, yeah, it's the gospel. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Look at this good news. That's gospel, good news. Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 18. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this promise. The Holy Ghost says, come, come now. Come on. Let's reason together. Hallelujah. I'm not your enemy. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not going to take anything good away from you. But let's sit down and talk about this. Let's reason together, saith the Lord. And listen, though your sins be as scarlet, I mean the deepest, darkest stain possible. Can't no Clorox bleach it out. There's no soap that can wash it away. There's only one thing that can wash it away. 
what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I can't do it by myself. I can't cleanse it by myself. I need some help. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what you've been through. God says, let's sit down and talk about this. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as white as wool. What? Yes. Yes. If you meet the condition, if you meet the condition, what's the condition, Lord? The next verse says, if you be willing and obedient. Two things, two things God is requiring of you. Number one, you got to be willing. You got to be willing. God ain't going to fight you. He's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to knock your head off. You got to be willing. You got to want to do it. See, the greatest enemy you ever face is not the devil. The greatest enemy you ever face is not the spirit of this world. The greatest enemy you face, wear your shoes. Looks at you in the mirror. Your greatest enemy is yourself. Amen. You have a will. A stubborn will. A hard-headed will. Amen. A prideful will. Anything and everything that keeps you from doing what God wants you to do is you. Can't no devil in hell stop you from coming to God. There's no human being on the face of the earth that can stop you from coming to God. Only you can stop you from coming to God. You got to be willing. You got to be willing. You got to be willing. You got to have a willing spirit. Not my will, Lord. Thy will be done. God says, if, everyone say, if, if, if you're willing, if you're willing. Now, now, it takes more than just to be willing. You got to be obedient. Oh, there's a lot of people that say, you know what, brother, I'm willing, I'm willing, but not now. Not now. You know you need to be saved? Yeah. You know you need to quit doing what you're doing? Yeah. Will you do it? Uh, not now. It always puzzled me. The devil beat you up sideways and down. Your life all messed up. You see people's lives around you messed up. You done tried this. You done tried that. None of it worked. And Jesus is standing there saying, come unto me. I will give you rest. Come unto me. You don't need to change anything. I'll change you. You just come on to me. Trust me. And all these different avenues people try. And then when they come to the house of the Lord and they can feel the presence of God, they feel conviction in their spirit. They know the preacher telling the truth. And they know they need to do something. But when they get an opportunity to do it, they say, I'm not ready yet. What? I'm not ready yet. Oh, I want to slap somebody. I just spent 45 minutes preaching. I'm sweating. I'm crying. And you're going to sit there and say, I'm not ready. Oh. 
Oh, let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something, sister. You are more ready than you think you are. This is what you're craving. This is what you've been looking for. God put an emptiness in you that only he can feel. He's drawing you. He's drawing you. Can't nobody come to the Lord except he draw. He's touching you right now. That's the Holy Ghost pulling on you. You are ready. You are ready. You are ready. You got to be willing and you got to be obedient. Oh my goodness. And then you shall eat the good of the land. Then you shall see all the things God promised come to fruition in your life. But you got to be obedient. <clears throat> you can't just live for God your way. You can't just live for God, pick and choose what you're going to do. You got to have a mind that says, okay, Lord, whatever you say. I talked to someone in the first service and I said, have you been baptized? And the lady said, oh, yes, I've been baptized. I said, well, you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Oh, no, 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 no. I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I said, oh, that's wonderful. But I did it when I was young. I said, okay. And I looked at her and I said, oh, my goodness. You need to get baptized again. Because you done committed a whole lot of sin between then and now. You've not repented. That's a requirement. I said, if, I said, if I were you, I'd make my call to an election, sure. And with tears in her eyes, she looked at me. She said, I've been backslidden so long. I said, well, today's the day. Today's the day. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, as long as you got breath in your lungs, as long as you got blood flowing through your veins, it's not too late for you. It's not too late for you. Come on, come on. Today, today, God is calling you today. If you're willing, if you're willing, God said, I want to know if you're willing. And if you're obedient, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I won't resist you, Lord. I'll do it today, Lord. Those are the two things God is looking for in order for you to meet the conditions of his promises. Because if you do it, you shall eat the good of the land. How many want the good of the land? You shall eat the good stuff. I want the good stuff. Some people have been living in the bottom of the barrel so long that they got used to it. Peanut butter and crackers are a good meal for you. You're satisfied with that. Not me. Mm -mm. I want some steak and potatoes. Hallelujah. I want some candy yams and black eyed peas. Hallelujah. I want, I want to be eating good. I want some good eating. God got some good eating for you today. God got a good thing for you today. All you got to do is be willing. I want it. You got to be obedient. I'll do it. Got to meet the conditions, sister. You got to meet the conditions. What's another one? Isaiah 48, the 18th verse. Isaiah 48 and verse 18. Oh, man. This is what the Holy Ghost saying. Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. If thou had only hearkened, the New International Version says, if only you had paid attention to my commandments. If only, if only you had listened. How many times have I heard myself say that? How many times have you heard yourself say that to somebody? If only you had listened. You wouldn't have to go through what you're going through. Some people, I, I, I can't understand it. Some people seem like they just love drama. Yeah. 
They just love drama. House is a mess. Relationships a mess. One thing after another. Man, this is happening. This is happening. And this broke down. And this is good. And I just feel, I don't know what to do. I'm so sick and tired. And you're not sick and tired enough. Just living in drama and turmoil. Amen. If you'd only listen. I remember years ago, there was a lady, good friend of mine. And when I, I had just got in church, and I was so excited, still excited. <laughs> And I was just telling her about what the Lord had done. And, oh, you got to come to my church. You got to experience. And, and, and she knew me since I was, you know, just a little kid. And she knew my life. She knew what I'd been going through, things I'd done. And she saw the change. And I'm saying, you can have it too. Oh, come on. Let me, let me, let me take you to church. Come go to church with me. Uh, I, I got to work on Sunday. Let me pick up your children. You got cute little kids. I'll pick them up. Take them to Sunday school. Get them involved in Bible quizzing. Won't you let me do it? Excuse after excuse after excuse. And now years have gone by. The children are grown. One is involved in a cult. Another went over to the West Coast trying to find fame and fortune and found the opposite. Another one got anger management uh, crises. Another one is on drugs. Another one came and, and tried to beat the mom up. Drama after drama after drama. And I looked at her and said, oh my goodness, if you'd only listen. If you'd only listen. If you'd only just, just took a chance and obeyed. Well, why is this happening to me? Why, why God won't do this? You ain't meeting the conditions, that's why. You got to meet conditions. God is not a genie in a box. He's not somebody you could just call up and say, hey, Lord, do this. Lord, do that. He's God, not you. You don't tell him what to do. He tells you what to do. And if you would do what he tells you to do, there would be blessing. There would be healing. There would be joy. There would be peace. There would be purpose. There would be life. If you... If you'd only listen, you wouldn't have the scars. If you'd only listen, you wouldn't have the memories. If, if you had only hearkened, he said, your peace, your peace would have been like a river. Your well-being would have been like the waves of the sea. Your life would be so different now. If you'd only listen. So people put themselves in the fire and they walk around wounded, wounded, wounded. And though you're wounded, if you would turn around, you may still have the scars, but you won't have to live like you're living anymore. If you only listen and obey God, you reap what you sow. That principle will not change. You reap what you sow. Amen. We've got to meet the conditions if we want to inherit the promises. God is ready. He's willing. He's wanting to bless you beyond measure. He's wanting to lift you out of the clay that you're in, that miry, filthy lifestyle you're living in. And he wants to wash you and cleanse you and change you and give you purpose. But you got to listen. That's the Old Testament. Now I'm going to present to you a few verses from the New Testament. Everyone say if. 
Jesus said, John chapter 14 and verse number 15. Jesus said, if you love me. Do what? Do what? That's Jesus talking. You love the Lord? Yeah, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. You do, do you? How come you don't live for God? Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. It's easy to say, I love the Lord. Everybody say, I love the Lord. Some people sing it. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. You can sing a lie just as good as you can tell one. Don't come up here and tell me I love the Lord and you out there smoking your cigarettes and shacking up and entertained by all kinds of violence and bloodshed. Don't tell me you love the Lord. Amen. Jesus said there is a, there is a, a requirement to prove your love for me. If you love me, you're going to keep my commandments if you love me. We got all kinds of celebrities and entertainers. Every time somebody dies, they go straight to heaven. Oh, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Me and the Lord, we tight. Me and the man upstairs. All that junk. Show me. It will reflect in your lifestyle. It will reflect in your priorities. He's got to be number one. He's got to be uno. He's got to be alpha. There is no second. God is a jealous God. He will share his glory with nobody. He said, if you love me, if you love me, you'll pick up your cross and you'll follow me. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, not my recommendations. Not my suggestions, my commandments. He has some commandments. Oh, Brother Easter, I tried, but they so hard, they so hard. Let me tell you something. If you live for God hard, I mean, put everything in it, it becomes easy. But if you live for God easy, compromising, amen, Living this way one day and living another way another day, doing the best you can, Cain, then it's hard. But my brothers and sisters, we can't afford to be playing around. We can't afford to be weekend Christians. We can't afford to go by our emotions. We got to get our whole heart and mind into this thing because we didn't went across the path. We didn't turn the curve. There is no going back. There is no more regular church service. Come on, come on. We done stepped over into something we've never been in before. God is trying to get our attention. He's bringing in the last call. All aboard. Come on. Get on the Holy Ghost train. Get ready. Get your reservation. The train is about to pull out the station. (laughs) We got to have an attitude. I've got to keep his commandments. Show me, Lord, how to do it, and he'll show you. John chapter 15, starting at verse number 6. I'm going to look at two verses. Verse number 6 and verse number 7. John chapter 15, Jesus said, if. Everyone say, if. If a man 
abide not in me. He is cast forth as a branch. He is withered. And men gather them and cast them in the fire. And they are burned up. Who is that Lord? The one that abideth not in me. Abideth. Abideth. To take abode. To dwell. To live. To exist in. If you don't live in him. If you don't exist in him. If you don't walk in him then you abideth not in him. Well, I don't believe it. Take all that. Believe what you want. The word of God's not going to change for you. The same book is going to be there on the day of judgment. And God is going to be looking at those that are willing to abide. He said, if a man don't abide in me, if a man don't dwell in me, if I'm not number one in his life, what's going to happen? He's going to be cast forth as a branch. He's going to be withered. He's going to be cast into the fire. He's going to be burned. Now, where are you? Are you abiding in him? Are you dwelling in him? Paul said, walk in the spirit. Talk in the spirit. Live in the spirit. Is that you? If it's not, you better get honest with yourself. And meet the conditions. If you abide in me, if you abide in me. What else, Lord? And my words abide in you. You mean the word got to abide? Yeah, the, that word got to dwell in you. That word got to live in That's just for the preacher. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. That's for you. Study to show yourself approved. Meditate in the word. Those things are there for our instruction. They're not there to just gloss over and say, oh, that's good. That sounds good. No, that are instructions for you to obey. That word need to abide in you. You need to think on the word, meditate on the word. These things are not there just to be written. Oh, we read it and just throw it aside and just live for God our way. Well, surely you expect God for us to do everything he said. Oh, yes, I do. Amen. Every jot, every crossing of the T, every dotting of the I, God means exactly what he says. And there will be no excuses when you stand before the throne. You got to get that word in you, sir. You got to get that word. Some people know more about CNN than they know about the book of James. They know more about what's going on in the trial. I mean, almost religiously following it. I mean, in front of it, absorbing everything, listening to the prosecution, listening to the defense as if they own the jury. <laughs> then you talk to them about holiness, they don't know nothing about it. Something needs to change. If you want to be right with God, there needs to be some changing. You want to be right with God, there needs to be some priorities set. You've got to learn to abide, dwell, live in Him and let God's Word dwell, abide, and live in you. Come on and clap your hands to the Lord, I tell you. Hallelujah! 
If you recognize you are not where you need to be, don't walk out of here the same way you come in. Make some changes. Make some commitments. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I need to change. I need to start studying. I need to start reading. I need to get that word. He said, if you do that, you shall ask whatever you will. And it shall be done. You got to meet the conditions. You got to meet the conditions. First Corinthians chapter 15. After this, I only have two more. First Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse number one. Everyone say, if. Yes. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. And wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If. If. It's based on a condition. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed it all in vain. Just coming up, showing up in church ain't enough. Just sitting in that chair, raising your hand at the right time, it's not enough. This is serious business. When you come to the house of God, you ain't coming to see your buddies. You're not coming to fellowship. This ain't no social club. We don't come in here to see who's wearing what or how brother goes shout and how sister gonna dance. We ain't coming here to hear some good music. If that's why you're coming, go to the church down the street. One of the most important things you can do when you come to the house of God is you come listening. I want to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. It's not Brother Easter. It's not Pastor Myers. It's the Holy Ghost. God is talking. God is speaking. Talk to me, Lord. I need to hear what the Spirit is saying. Don't you take this for granted. Don't you just blow it off as tradition. This is not just something to do. This is eternity. This is business. This is vital. Well, I got baptized. Good. I repent of my sins. Good. I've received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Well, that's all good. But keep in memory the things you've heard. Some people just let it go in one ear. And come right out the other. And they don't know no more than what they did when they first came in. Some people come to church, they feel the Holy Ghost convicting power. God is talking to you, talking right to you. You need to stop doing this. I told you to change that. Now you need to go over here and take care of this. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You need to do this. Yes, Lord, yes, 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 Lord, yes, Lord. And then you get up, amen, and walk out the building and forget everything that's happened. You are saved if... You keep in memory what's been preached to you. And church family, let me tell you, we've heard more preaching. We've heard more good sermons. We've got more truth that we can win this whole city for Jesus. Hallelujah. We got to do more than hear it. We need to start doing it. We need to start obeying what we've heard. Can you say amen? We don't need to forget about what we've learned, but we need to embrace it unless all this you're doing is in vain.
Oh, my goodness. Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do that in your name? Jesus said, I never knew you. It could happen to you. Don't forget what you've heard. Don't forget what you've been instructed. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse number 17. It's all based on you and I meeting the conditions. It's not just going to automatically happen. Nobody's just going to automatically go to heaven. You got to work out your salvation. You got to go to the Holy Ghost gym. Brother, don't be talking about no gym in here. <laughs> ain't going to nobody's gym. <laughs> you better go to the Holy Ghost gym. Amen. Man, I've been to the gym. I'm too out of shape. You need to go most of all. Are y'all ready for a 50-pound weight? You don't sound like it. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. Therefore... If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. If, if you're in Christ, you are a new species. You no longer belong to the human race. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because you're not of this world. You're a new creature. There's nobody else in the planet like you. If you are in Christ Jesus, you have been separated from your old connections. You're a new creature. You're not a better person. You're a new creature. You're not turned over a new leaf. You're a new creature. Glory, hallelujah. You are not of this world. We are ambassadors of a whole different kingdom. We're only here for a short time. We're observing the lifestyle of the world, trying to bring people out. God never told us to change the world. He told us to get people ready to leave this place. Hallelujah. We are not Republicans. You are a new creature. You're not a Democrat. You're a new creature. You're not a liberal. You're a new creature. You're not a conservative. You're a new creature. Hallelujah. So what are we? We are the seed of Abraham. Because if any man be in Christ, he is of the seed of Abraham. Everything about us has changed. So why do we get so entangled with the affairs of this life? Why we get concerned about what's going on over here and what's going on over there? This is not our concern. It's not our world. Trying to have a civil rights movement in the church. The only rights I'm concerned about is the right to the tree of life. That's what you need to be concerned about or you're going to be left behind. Hallelujah. I'm telling you folks, so many people getting tangled up with all of this temporary stuff, all it is is a distraction. Folks get upset and get mad at me. I don't care you get mad at me. I'm trying to get out of here. And knowing, knowing it's the end time. 
knowing we're in an atmosphere we've never seen before and knowing the devil knows his time is short and he is in the world with a vengeance and he is acting, he's amping up everything, all kinds of division. I mean, and it's affecting the church. He specializes in division. The devil, for, for years, he's been, he been looking at the church. This church, we used to sit around and, and boast about how we look like a slice of heaven. Y'all need to come to our church. If you want to see what heaven going to be like, you come to East Wind. Man, we got every culture in here. We got everybody in here. And we all love one another. You want to know how it's going to be in heaven? Come to East Wind. And we smile and love on each other and praise the Lord. And then this thing kicks off in Wisconsin. Now we got division in the church. People look at each other funny. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what my people have to go. Your, your people. Your people. Somebody told me, he said, man, have you turned your back on your people? Soon as he said that, I saw Jesus in the marketplace. And somebody walked up to Jesus and said, your mother and your sister and your brothers out there, they want to see you. Jesus said, who's my mother? Who's my sister? Who's my brother? It's they that hear the word of God and obey it. Those are my people. Hallelujah. Blood washed, truth taught, baptized in Jesus' name. You are my people. You are my people. You are my people. Don't get it twisted. Don't get distracted. Don't fall for that devil's trick. You a new creature. You a new creature. You a new creature. You a new creature. You're not what you used to be. You're not tied up to what you used to be tied up to. All that stuff is passed away. It's gone. I've been born again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People, the devil, that's the devil, the devil trying to get the church entangled. Paul said, don't be entangled with the affairs of this life that you may please him. Brother Easter, how come you don't have a sign walking down the street? I want to please him. How come you're not engaged in conversation and talking about this and that? Because I want to please him. I've been called to a higher calling. I got a higher purpose. I'm not going to let the devil drag me down in politics. I'm not going to let the devil drag me down with racial division. Woo! Hallelujah! It is not of the church. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I'm a black man. No, you're not. You're a new creature. I'm a white man. No, you're not. You're a new creature. I'm Muslim. No, you're not. If you're in Christ, <laughs> you're a new creature. Hallelujah. Oh, 
If things have changed, things have changed. You better come on. You better get back in the book. You better put your affections on things above and not on the things of the earth. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. I got to be in Christ. I got to walk in Christ. Don't be deceived. Don't be tricked. Don't be bamboozled. Don't allow yourself to get full of pride. I don't care if it's black pride. It's pride. I don't care if it's white pride. It's pride. I don't care if it's gay pride. It's pride. And pride comes before fall. And we don't need to be proud of anything except the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Get yourself in order. Get some things straightened out. Get back into the word. Get in the word. If, everyone say if. If you're in Christ, you're new. All things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. Get in the word. Everyone say amen. amen. The last verse. Second Chronicles going back to where we started. Lord Jesus. God help us. To be in the position. To meet the condition. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Verse number 14. The Holy Ghost says if. If. If my people, not just any people, the called out ones, if my people, the church, which church, which people, the ones that are called by my name, it's those Jesus names. They would meet the conditions. What's the conditions, Lord? If they will humble themselves. Us? Yes. You. <laughs> He's talking to you, talking to me, talking to us. If you just humble yourself. Why? What do you mean, Lord? Because see, there's a lot of us are stuck on ourselves. And you can tell, all you got to do is read Facebook. It's an amazing thing about Facebook, boy. It pulls all the garbage out of you. And you put it in front of everybody, they can see it. There's a need for humility in the church. Something has happened in the last 20 years. Social media. It can be a blessing and it can be a curse. There's a phenomenon that's taking place in the world. I believe it's brought about by people like Rush Limbaugh. After Rush Limbaugh, then you got everybody coming out just like them, talk shows. Even the programs, the news. We don't have news like Huntley and Brinkley no more. It's all talk shows. It's all talking heads. Everybody talking. Everybody. I got something to say. I got something to say. Give me my three hours. I, want, I, want, I got something to say. 
And everybody want to talk. Everybody want to stand up and say something like they know what they're talking about. Everybody want their own little stage. I believe this. I feel this. This would need to happen. This would need to happen. And the whole church get involved in talking. Everybody wants to talk. Nobody wants to listen. Everybody wants to be their own pastor after a while. To the fact, to the point where pastor, what pastor say, though, he's just another voice. Because everybody's talking. Everybody's talking at me. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I don't hear a word to say. <laughs> anyway. Everybody's running their mouth. Everybody's talking. Everybody's running their mouth. Everybody got something to say. Everybody has an opinion. Your opinion don't matter. Your opinion don't count. You need to humble yourself and stop talking and listen. Amen. Be swift to hear, slow to speak. And we live in a society now where everybody's want to talk. Everybody got to talk. You get up there and try to tell people right from wrong and they're talking all over top of you trying to show you how much they know. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Well, some people say, I need to wear a mask. Some people say, don't. What the pastor say? It don't matter what pastor say. I do what I want to do. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. People, the whole movement of people come to church telling the pastor, you need to talk about this. You need to say something. Like, what in the world? What nerve you got? Telling the pastor what did he need to preach. Pastor, you, you need to address this. If you don't say something, you must condone it. That ain't nothing but the devil. Pastor don't get no instructions from the congregation. He get instructions from heaven. Hallelujah. You ain't got nothing to say what the pastor preaches. I want to hear a pastor that's hearing from heaven, not a bunch of people talking in his ear. And people get upset, get mad. Lord have mercy. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Amen. Get, got this attitude. That ain't nothing but pride. That's why God said, you got to humble yourself. Humble yourself. You don't know all the answers. You won't know all the answers. You just got to trust your leader and kneel down before God and say, Lord, lead me. First thing he says, if my people, which I call by my name, shall humble themselves. What else we need to do, Lord? Pray, 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 pray like you're about to lose your mind. Pray like you've never prayed before. Make it a priority. Put it at the top of the list. I got to pray more than I'm praying now. I got to set up some time for me and the Lord and not nothing else distract me. I've got to get back to praying in my room. I got to have a closet where I can pray. Light some candles, put on some music, and just sit there with the word and say, Lord, talk to me. Lord, I need some time with you. We need to be a praying people. We need to be a praying church. Don't be pancaking and playing around. Pray! Pray, church! We're living in the end time. God says pray. And when you pray, when you pray, don't come with a laundry list saying, God, do this. God, do that. God, do this. God said, don't seek my hand. Seek my face. Seek my face. I want you to talk to me because you want to be with me. I want you to talk to me because you love me. If I answer your prayer, I want you to talk to me. If I don't answer your prayer, I want you to talk to me. If you feel blessed, I want you to talk to me. If you don't feel blessed, I want you to talk to me. It doesn't matter the circumstances. Talk to me. Talk to me. Seek my face. I want a relationship. I want a relationship. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you every single day. I want to be with you in your car. I want to be 
be with you at home. I want to be with you on your job. I want a relationship. He wants to know you. All this junk we've been going through. All this stuff we've been accepting. Substituting. No time. We don't have time. I ain't got time to pray. You got more time than you think you do. God says, pray. Seek my face. Not my hands. I want you to want me. And then... Turn. You need to make a turn. Turn from what, Lord? Your wicked ways. But we're the church. Yep, and you're wicked. (laughs) I'm not wicked. Stop deceiving yourself. God said you're wicked. You're wicked. Well, what's wicked about me? Well, if you don't know. Anything you do your way is wicked. There's only one way with God. And that's God's way. Any other way is a wicked way. Amen. We need to endeavor more now than ever. Not my will. Thy will be done. And one of the first places we can start. mm, mm, His will is to worship him. Worship him. That time of patty caking, that time of just observing and watching everybody else, that's gone. That's gone. We have crossed the line. There's no turning back. Only those that have made themselves ready is going to be ready for the rapture. I can't be all chilled out like I used to be. I can't come to church leaning on the chair like I used to. No, sir. It's an emergency now. The lights are flashing. The alarm is going. Jesus is coming it's time for you to get up on your toes and say Lord I gotta be ready Lord how do you want me to praise you I'll do it I'll do it I'll obey you I'll obey you I'm not gonna praise you my way I'm gonna praise you your way if nobody in the church do it I'm gonna do it Lord it's that time it's that hour I gotta meet the condition I gotta meet the condition Hallelujah. Oh, my, my, my. He said, if you meet the conditions, if you meet the conditions, then, then I will hear from heaven. Oh, Lord, I will forgive your sins and I will heal the whole land if you meet the condition. It's not a matter of he's able. He's able. But it's according to the power that's in you. You mean I can hinder the work of God? Absolutely. You mean I can stop revival? Yes, you can. You mean I could be the reason that we don't see people walking around crippled, healed, and blind eyes open? Yes, you can be the problem. It only takes a little leaven. Leaven the whole lump. Are you ready? Are you ready? Stand with me. If you do your part, God says, I will do mine. Young lady, God's been dealing with you 
for a long time. And he's been merciful. You could have been dead by now. But God protected you. You don't deserve it. But he specializes in blessing those that don't deserve it. Sir, you've been a proud man. Your daddy was proud. And now you're going to be proud, but you can't be proud with God. What the world describes as a man is a chump. A real man knows how to be broken at the altar. A real man knows how to admit, I need you, Lord. Young lady, you've been searching. You've been asking God, Lord, show me the way. And every time he shows you, it's not what you expected. And you're waiting for something else. I don't know what you're waiting for. It's here right now. Today. He's calling your number. Yes, you. He's calling your number. He knew you'd be here. In fact, he set it up that you'd be here. You couldn't have been no place else but here. God set it up for you. You're here now. He's here now. He wants you to meet the condition if you're willing and obedient. Your life can change. You've got too much stuff. you got too much stuff in your life. Competing with God. you got a lot of junk in your life. You're wasting a lot of time things you call entertainment it's all going to burn and you're going to burn with it if you don't change today you're old enough to make a decision and God is holding you accountable today sir, young man he's holding you accountable you're not too young You've been asking folks to pray for you, but you have no intention to change your ways. It doesn't work that way. You got to change your ways. If you're here today and you've not been born again, what do you mean, Brother Easter? You've not yet been baptized. First, you need to repent. First, you need to make your mind up. Okay, I give up. Okay. Okay, 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 God. I'm sorry. All right? I quit. What you want me to do? I'll do whatever you want me to do. I repent, Lord. When you get that mindset to turn, then the first thing you need to do is be baptized in water. We have a baptistry here, and we're ready to baptize you right now. What would you mean? We baptize. We're going to take that old you, the old you, and we're going to put you down in a watery grave. And when you bring, when we bring you up out of that water, it's going to be a new creature. 
a new start, new beginning. And all that junk and all them stuff you did going to be washed off your record. Born again like a brand new baby. A new start. A new start. Don't you want a new start? And then it gets better. And God promises if you meet those two conditions, He will fill you with His Spirit. The power that's going to help you obey Him. The power that's going to help you understand Him. The power that's really going to do the change. It's all available. And it's all here. We're ready to baptize you today. Some of you need to meet prioritize some things, get some things straight, change some things, recognize some things you've been doing wrong and get it right tonight. Get it right. Get it right. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Get it right. Get it in order. Bow your heads with me. Oh, dear God, dear God, dear God. Don't let what I heard slip through my ears. Help me to hold on to what you've spoken to me. Oh, Lord, I need this. God, this is what I've been waiting for. Help me to meet the conditions. Help me to examine myself. Help me to take heed to myself according to your word. I need to look at me, 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 me. I see, I see my faults. I see where I'm missing it. I need you, Lord. I'm tired of being like this. I'm going to be willing. Yes. And I will be obedient. Starting right now. I cast away every weight. And the sin. I'm done. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. This whole church is an altar. Make your decision right now, sir. Will some saints join me around the altar? Okay, Lord. You spoke to me, I'll do it. I'll make some changes. I surrender to you. I need to yield to you, God. I need to hold on to your word, hold on to your commandments. I need to hold on. Jesus, don't let me fall away. Don't let me slip away. Don't let me be distracted. I'm sorry, Lord. I made mistakes. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I'm not praying like I should. I know it. I know it. I'm sorry. I'm going to change today. I'm going to get a hold of you today and I'm not going to let go. I'm going to cleave to you. Oh God. Come on teenager. Come on young person. Hallelujah. 
Come on, come on. You're, you're a guest, but God is talking to you too. Come on, join us, join us. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, I'm sorry. I confess, Lord, I've sinned. I know it. I'm sorry. I don't want to be like this no more. I don't want to be like this no more. I need your spirit, Lord. God, I want the Holy Ghost. God, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. Everything. Everything. I want to give it to you, Lord. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Help me to give it all. Everything to you. This is our prayer. It's time. It's time. Will you do it? Jesus! 
It feels good. It feels free. Hallelujah. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah. Before I leave this pulpit this morning, this afternoon, if there's anyone who says, okay, I want to be saved. I'm going to be obedient. I've asked God to forgive me. I feel his love. I'm going to be baptized. We've been baptized today. You may not have brought a change of clothes with you. That's okay. We've got a change of clothes for you. We're ready. And surely there's some here that need to be baptized today. I wouldn't want to leave after hearing this message. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. It only takes about 15 minutes. But what's 15 minutes when you think about eternity? Is there anyone here today that says, okay, I'm quitting running from this. I'm ready. Would you lift your hands? You want to be baptized today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not in Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Those are not names. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's the name, Jesus. If you've not been baptized in that name, you haven't been baptized yet. It doesn't matter who the preacher was or what anybody else said. The Bible says it's got to be done in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the name of the Father. That's the name of the Son. That's the name of the Holy Ghost. And we'll help you understand and answer any questions if you have. But now is a point of decision. You need to be baptized. Lift your hand if you want to be baptized today. Today. Okay. That either means we got a church full of safe folk <laughs> or somebody just chose not to. And that's up to you. That's up to you. We need to take this message to our family, our friends, and we need to do what God has instructed us to do today. When we leave this building, don't go back out there like you was. Something has to change. Get a hold of what you heard. Don't let go of this. Your eternity depends on it. God is not playing games. And the devil is not playing games. This is eternity. People are dying. Dying all around us. All over the world. Dying. 
souls going into eternity and a lot of them without God. Don't let it happen to you. Tonight, we're going to meet again at what time? 6.30 service tonight. Bring someone with you. Invite, invite somebody in need to be saved. <laughs> Bring somebody with you. God is talking loud and clear. Amen. Brother, would you like to say that? All right, we're going to dismiss with prayer. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we thank you. You have spoken so beautifully to us today. God, we take hold of this. We're not going to let it go. We're determined to live your word. We're determined to obey your word. And, and those of us that may struggle, give us an obedient heart. Create in us a right spirit. Help us to be what you want us to be. We yield to you. Help our eyes only look at the things that you approve of. Help our ears to hear only things that you approve of. Help us to walk in holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Help us to rededicate ourselves. In Jesus' name, be with us, Lord, as we go and meet us again as we come. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.